Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal sending, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Jamie, I'm going to completely blindside you here. I oh, no. have I have a bone to pick with you, and I don't even think you realize this. Is this on about goalie physio? No, I don't care about that. I like to make fun of you for that, but I don't actually care about it. Uh, I think you're better than everyone because you were a Cairo, and you're like, oh, I'm out of this, so I'm therefore superior. I'm not better than anyone. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I spend a lot of time and money uh, to not do something. And if anyone can learn from my lesson there, that's me. Is... <laughs> Anyways, not the point. No, the bone I have to pick. Uh, I almost commented on one of your social media posts unprompted. Like, oh my! It was the uh, it was it was one that I, I again I know all you post on social media. The clickbait guy, the girly and gilded man himself. Your one post, you're talking about screens, and you're talking about how you're okay giving up positioning if you need to to see the puck. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Yeah, 100%. Because it depends on what depends on your degree of positioning. That, so that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm here. That's what I came for. Yeah. I'm not saying that you should be, say, in the video. I actually, if you watch the whole video without seeing red. I, no, I don't know. Yeah, seconds of it. No, I watched 12 seconds. You watch 12 seconds of the event. Yeah, you, I, say, I say making sure that you're not taking a massive step, just a half inch it, or a couple centimeters here and there so that you are slightly off angle. As long as you see the release, I would rather that because then you can project into the other side and make that save versus hoping you get hit and dropping and being blind. And because I get that question a ton and that is my honest answer and that's my opinion. It's not, I don't think there's a way to say it's right or wrong, but I would rather someone see the release than not see it at all. Yeah, you know what? And like, again, this is an unsurprising turn of events, but of course I agree with that. Crazy, I've never would have thought yeah, I know, I know. Maybe I'm not that original. It's just I find myself seeing that lots of goalies default to being off their angle on the screen. That's it's funny that you, you see say that. that? Do you see that? No, I see the exact oh, opposite. Just like you I went and watched one of my yeah, I went and watched one of my goalies play the other day, and the fur he gave up a screen goal, and just didn't he just didn't look far yeah. enough. Yeah. I actually see to me for me what I see is more goalies. They do that. They come out, they get set, and they go, check, check. Oh, I can't see it. I guess I guess I can't see it. And all of a sudden, they shoot, and then they go, <laughs> we'll watch. Yeah. And see the puck. Instead of, like, I would rather someone battle to the very end, even if they're coming off their angle by 
you know, a couple inches in order to see it and just have that fight. And that, so that's why I had that, that conversation with the, the younger goalie, because he wanted to know, he's like, well, what if I can't see it? I was like, how hard do you fight and see it? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I think I have a really, and this is maybe a hot take and so cool me down if necessary. I don't think there's ever really a situation where a single layer screen should force your position. With a single layer screen, probably not. Like, I think, no, I, I think you're right. So again, it does happen. Sometimes you end up with just a really big person in front of you. So let me yeah. put my hand up here, right? Like there was, you know, there's been periods of times when like teams that put like six foot five, 230 pound players in front of the net. I don't care how big you are. That's just a thick person in front of you. Uh, you're going to have a hard time seeing Mm -hmm. But again, in junior hockey and minor hockey, we don't see that near as much. Even in college hockey, you don't see that many bigger guys. Even like, again, it's just not that common except for like at the NHL level. Okay, like a single layer screen, you're right. People are just like, they look once and they don't really see it. And they're like, well, I'm screened now. So it's over. Game over. Yeah. Uh, most, very, I don't say very rarely. I find that most of the time guys and girls will give up. Uh, when it's multi-layer screen or there's yeah. a defenseman trying to the box out. I usually, for the most part, I don't have that issue with a single-layer screen. It's pretty self, it's pretty obvious to look on one side or the other. Or, especially in the younger level, players just aren't that good at being screens. So And they don't want to get hit with the puck, so they're off to one side. Hmm. Um, which is also, again, if you're ever a player listening, um, if you understand being on angle you will be a very good net front spread. The best screen ever. Exactly. Um, so that 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 was my case. So if it was a single screen like I used in the demonstration, because unfortunately I, I think I do have, do I have two milk? There are definitely two milk crates and screen and pads that I could have used. But then it, it's tough. Look, I have, I have an, a 10 year old, uh, so 11 year old. Yeah. Um, look, hey, I, like I said, I came here with the smallest bone to pick and a, a couple lukewarm takes on screens. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you watch the whole clip. No, I refuse to. I am your average social media con your uh, enjoyer, your average consumer. I'm not here to for nuance and context. I'm here for the quick head dope meme in 12 seconds. Quality uh, information. Like click, like clickbait <laughs> trap. Well, it's either, so I have to have some clickbait for a little bit of engagement. It's either that or I can post 27 nonsense videos every single day. Ooh. And I don't, and I refuse to do that because I, I although I do post fluff, I will admit, yeah, um, okay. I have fluff like, but fluff for me is like one of my goalies makes a really good save or that's, that's kind my of my Sunday kind of... meme, which it's my Sunday memes. I just think are so funny. I don't know why. I just think memes are prob one of the best vessels of comedy. I think, um, I think you're old. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And then that is, I like the show off my goalies and highlight them yeah that's uh, fine I get, and so that, that that's my fluff versus nonsense and everything else I try to make sure there's there's substance but um hold on I'm not done with screens you're not done with screens I'm, I'm not done with screens. screens so yes so this is the thing that I, I get a question I get a lot on screens which is you know I teach so tip for context the way that I approach screens as a as a coach teaching goalies uh I've spent a minute now since I've thought about how I approach screens as a goalie myself, which was probably just me quitting and giving up and getting scored on, realistically. I was like, oh, as a person in front, it's over. Uh, so I, I am my own worst enemy on this one. But as a coach, the way I look at it is I view screens as occurring in two different zones. So I, I view that there's a way to play screens down the middle of the ice. So between your circles, 
the screens where the puck is like between, you know, the middle of the ice where, uh, you know, you're essentially on the angle of the middle of the net, uh, like equal on both sides. And then I view like circles over as these like side screen areas where the net becomes a lot smaller relative to the shooter. And so I teach screens differently depending on what zone they're in. And what I mean by that is I am much more of the belief on those side angles that you should try and peak stick blade side relative to the player on the side angles. Whereas like short side? No, not necessarily short side. So let's say we're on like a, let's say we're standard goalie. You and I are standard goalies. Our blockers mm-hmm. are on our right hand. We're on okay. the blocker side of the ice. Yeah. And the shooter is left-handed. And so that situation short side. In that situation, I'm working short side. One, because I think short side's a good default thing to look. Uh, because of math, puck is quicker to the short side than it is to the far side. So we actually might disagree on something. So I would... Hold on, hold on. I'm not done. Okay, okay. I was going to say, in that situation, short side peak because the stick blade is also. So that's like a, a two for two situation where I'd rather peak on the short side, especially because the stick blade side is there relative to the body. Now, when it's down the middle, I just like see... I'm just of, of the belief to just see the puck. Like it's... Mm-hmm. it's. I don't think there is a, a approach necessarily, but tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not, I don't think you're wrong. I think we might slightly differ in our... We have the same the same answer, but I think the way we get to that answer is slightly different. Um, so I, I definitely call these guidelines, not hard and fast yeah, rules. Yeah, no, no, no. Big, again, the only hard and fast rule I have is do what you can to see the puck. Yes, stop the puck. But that's actually my, my rule. So when the puck is, let's say, directly in the middle of the ice yep. or within a couple of feet of the middle of the ice, that's when the net's the largest. Sure. So in a perfect world, meaning you have a singular screen and you can look on either side easily... I'm more of the mind that you look on what hand they are. So if it's a righty and you're a side. Yeah. And if you're a normal handed goalie, you're going to make that, you're going to look on your glove side. If the player is a lefty, you're going to look on your block side. Now, as that puck approaches the goal line on either side, my rule of thumb is if you have a, like you should probably be looking on the short side regardless of hand position because that's where the net is the largest. And so... Because the net open far side closes down when you go closer to the goal line, short side opens up. It's also quicker for that puck to get to the short side, like you said, than the far side. So regardless of hand position, and let's just say it, you have like some sort of line of sight where you don't have to be off angle or look to the other side. I would say look on the short side of the net. So for me, hand position only truly matters when that puck is in the middle and the net's the largest. When the net starts to get smaller and those angles change, look on the larger side of the net because you have a slightly more coverage uh, and that's so that's my rationale for it but I'll but if someone is a righty on the blocker hand side that puck's probably going to be slightly more to the middle anyways and so if you can't see it then you have to look at that far side but if that's you should be also be able to look on the short side it just depends but that's for me hand position only really plays a role when the puck is in the middle Mm. Yeah, so okay. it gives similar answers, but just different ways to get there. Yeah, it's it's different, um, and I think that's okay. I think we're allowed to to disagree. This is crazy, but do you see how people can disagree without yelling at each other? This is wow. We're doing. No, I'm gonna make like stick. <laughs> I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut all your things and, and my <laughs> out of the podcast clip, and then make it so that I'm correct and you're wrong. And that's just it. And it, it's just like it's picking hairs because you're looking at maybe like a three to four foot difference. Yeah. And the relative distance for the goalie proportional to to the stick is is minimal. Um but like I, I always like look if you're coming across 
there's a pass uh, cross cross ice mm-hmm. and you're T pushing across and that player's catching it, like as you're moving, you should be able to identify like, okay, which side can I probably see this on to run the screen? If you can't, I'm always in mind of try to see on the short side first because that's where the, the net's going to be the largest. And if you can't make that adjustment. Um, on that note, one of my biggest pet peeves with coaching goalies is, which it, when with young kids, it's not a big deal because they're young and they're, they're going to make mistakes. With my older goalies, I, I do want them to be a little bit smarter um, and, and be able to use some of that experience. So let's just say you have a screen in front of the puck. Yes. Now the goalies, and I think I've made posts about this before. So the goalies, you want to naturally get on angle, which you should. So you want to get on angle with your feet, but what they'll do, and if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see, and I'll try to describe it the best I can, is that player that's perfectly running, that puck's running perfectly through the player, so the player's doing a good job screening, is the goalies will get completely on angle, and so they'll be completely behind the player, and then they pause, and then they pick a side, versus coming across, getting their feet on angle, but having and looking to one side with their upper body, that way they're really not losing that sight line. And that's something where I have like goalies that are mainly 14 and up. I'm like, okay, we need to, can't be making these mistakes. Like, you can't just be blind yeah. and then see it. Like you can, you're, you can get on angle with your feet and have your upper body leaning. I agree. Yeah. So that's like something I was going to say is like a, a big thing too. It's also the same way with, our, let's say you're peaking short side, like we've talked about on the screen. <laughs> And then the puck goes far side and goalies will just like give up trying to see the puck again. They're like, oh, it's going through a player. So it's gone now. Instead of actively trying to get their eyes around the player off the release. And again, look, it's hard. It's imperfect. You, you know what I mean? Unless you have a very, very, very clear release and it's not that hard of a shot. You know, it might not be a perfect situation for you. But yeah, the the I see the puck. I, I found my sight line. Now the puck is going through the screen. I'll just, I'm not even going to try anymore. Yeah. I hope it hits me when I shift into this. Oh, it is me. And that's why I do like a lot of projection stuff. Yeah. Um, because like, again, like a lot of goalies will, and like we're at four some, we're like, hey, like you can't just slide and get hit in the chest. You can slide and hit in the chest in the game. I just make the save. Yeah. But when we're in practice, I'm forcing you to have to use that hand so that you can see that release and pick it up on the other side of the screen without having to see that full side line because that happens way more than you think. And I, I'm of the belief that you really need, like, you can't hammer home enough screen work yep. at, at any age because this players just get better and better at screening. Yeah. And it's hard at, when, you know, when you watch NHL, especially when, like, the, the classic NHL fans, somebody who's, like, never played at a high level watches, and they're like, well, what do you get me? I, it's so hard to explain how good people are at screening in the like AHL and NHL and even like between the East coast, like East coast, not that bad to be fair. Like if you're going to be eating pucks, you're not eating pucks for $500 a month. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're really like, eh, you're not. But once you get to that AHL level where it's that there's a big difference and you're that close to NHL, like guys will go. And I think that was probably the biggest shock and surprise for me when I started playing at that level was like, one, I can't see anything. No. And there's two more people everyone is getting their stick on every shot yeah it is insane i'm like how is this even possible and it's 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 crazy they're so good at it but that's why it's like okay let's get those fundamentals let's really teach the basics to the kids and then give them different 
different constraints, I start doing, especially when I love when I get shooters and they wear full gear, um, I'll start to do some like, you know, um, flash screens, double screens, different things like that, that I don't have to use like a, like a dummy and I don't have to have like shoot as hard. And it just forces the goalies to, to be able to manage that. And it teaches them and I can really start to get the point through. It's like, look, screens are still our responsibility. Mm -hmm. You need to find that puck. I am not taking, I couldn't see it for an, like for an excuse, especially when I watch and you don't put an effort in. If you put an effort in and they can't see you, then I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I, you can see that release. I get that. But when it's there's when it's just like ah, I can't see it. Well, I I have a picture. I have two things, but I agree with you. I have a picture of of one of my goalies. Uh, she got scored on, and there's seven people between the shooter and her. You can't, you know, like you know those goals, and you watch them again, and you watch the video back, and you have the perfect camera angle, and you like just can't see the goalie in any capacity whatsoever. Yeah, and the puck just goes in, and you're like, okay, if that can get through that many people, and go in the net okay it's a goal it's a good goal like those are going to go in right like um and i think that's something that's worth appreciating sometimes right like you can do everything right on that play you can battle you can do your best you can go up down sideways move over give up your feet butterfly even try to look through legs like vasileski does sometimes like everything and you can still not see it like the game is fast yeah no and i, I agree i'm not saying that like every screen goal is a goal's responsibility or it is. It's your responsibility to try to find it. Yeah. But he, could you look harder through that screen? Yeah, most goal. I would say ninety percent of goalies probably could most of the time. Um, and, I, and now that I've started to watch a lot more of my like my AAA goalies play, and I can see like other goalies from other programs, I can be like, "Ooh, I don't like that," or "Ooh, that's a good job." And then, like I said, my goalie gave up a screen goal where I don't think his effort was very good, and I told him. I have one more thing on screens, and then I want to do a quick thing on tips. I know we have other stuff we want to cover today. What do you think of goalies who undersquare on screen plays? So let's go back to our example before. I'll explain this. We'll go back to that blocker side example. The shooter, let's say, is just outside the top of the circle. You have a screen in front, mm -hmm. and a goalie will undersquare, meaning that their blocker foot is in front of their glove foot relatively and so that they're like there's really no line to the short side but they've opened up a little bit of line to the far side and so they're they're doing it so that yeah i know they're doing it that so they're peaking on the on the far side so they peak on their glove hand side they've undersquared to the shooter so that if they need to, yeah, <laughs> if i have to do it because it, to me this doesn't make a lot of sense i'm trying to like imagine that there's a street in front of me you're watching on YouTube. You'll see me like. In my I was gonna say if you're if you're listening to this, I particularly hope someone's listening to this in the car right now, and they're just like, "Why is there? Why is there an awkward side?" <laughs> and it's it's Jamie trying to to himself in the position I'm describing, and it's not going well, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, but if this is just something again. If you, it, it's kind of hard to conceptualize, I'll give you that. But it's something that I've seen a few NHL goalies do, and I don't know if it's intentional. Uh, but I do see people like teaching underscore saves sometimes, and I don't know how I feel about them. So I don't really think I have an opinion on them. Um, I, I don't. I would need to hear someone's rationale to that because I don't see that. I can't. I can't put a distinct ad advantage over keeping the feet square and looking around with the upper body. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm with you. I thought maybe I'd throw this into the into your wheelhouse. And see what you have to say, but alas, 
we're taking a pass on that. Okay, that was my last thing on screens. Uh, I want to do the quickest, quickest discussion on tips. And I've brought another hot take on tips. Okay. I think a good tip is either you get hit or it goes in. Like, I don't think you make a save on a good tip. Is like a, a, a is my hot take. Like, I think you set yourself up to be hit on a tipped play. Now, again, let me add some context before you say it's like an offside of the net tip that you can slide into. Like, yada, yada, yada. I'm talking person is in front of the net. Shot is two feet off the ice. They get a stick blade off that aerial puck and it goes around you or it goes over you. You're, you know? Yeah. So my, my only caveat on that would be how far out is the tip? Yep, and I, I knew you were going to say that, right? Because if you're sitting on your goal line and you allow that separation for the tip to get that upward trajectory, yes, that is a mistake. But I'll give you an example. We had an ice session yesterday, a two-shooter drill, and being, you know, the the U13 AA 60-goal score that I could be, uh, I put a puck on net that was, at least about two feet, but it was at the top of the crease, probably within one foot of where the person in front was. And my screen tip just got a blade on it and it went bar down sharp sharp angle change like a 45 degree angle change from the trajectory of my shot mm. and i kind of went over to the glory and i was like you gapped that well like you were close to the stick but you weren't engaging with that person because you don't want to get tangled with that, that yeah trajectory. and like what are you going to do you're not going to react to that yeah like, you're not going to be able to react to that puck changing directions that violently right yeah i, I... I, I think I would agree that most tips are just good positioning. I think, you know, it's a high tip. Sometimes you can kind of pick that up and make that reaction depending. And sometimes it's a timer. Yeah. And, not and there are some, that. yeah. And there are some times where even if you are like, cause I can distinctly remember times where like I have been so dialed in the game that maybe it felt like I reacted in a tip. Did I really, I don't know, but this it's that preposition it's that prepositioning where you are in relation to the tip but one thing you can do is if someone sticks on the ice like you know that that tip's probably gonna and like you can see that angle and you can make your judgment call your or your read um depending on where that sticks position if that sticks in the middle and that guy looks like he's gonna tip down like you can adjust yourself appropriately so i think a lot of that I think playing the, those tips is more about can you read that tip option stick blade prior to the shot? And I think that, that that's something there that it, it's hard to teach. It's one of those more like exposure things, but that's also why like in my brain, I've played around with, and I've seen some of them for sale. I played around with like, can I just get like a screen board that also tips? But then I don't really, I don't really like that because I'd prefer to have an actual shooter stick. And I, yeah. there are times where I stand in front and screen tip and it's so dangerous and I'm so worried I'm going to hit in the face. But in my mind, it's the best way to get something realistic. Now, I do have a hot take. Your turn. Now, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. I feel like when I explain it, you're going to agree with me. But when there is a shot high. Yes. And you have a tip and a screen. Yeah. I want my goalies going down. Yes. Every time. Yep. Every time. Yep. And their hands making that save. Not a hot take. It's not a hot take, but it is a hot take because I see this goal a lot. Everyone's yeah. Take. Yeah, the standing, like, I'm going to make the standing glove save. It's tip five, hold on, you butterfly. It's awkward, it's in the net. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my And my rationale for that, for those listening, is so two things. 
if you're going down, you can still your hands can still move to make hands that save. Do not stop working. Yes. So that original shot, if you, as long as you track it well, you're going to catch that puck if it doesn't get tipped. If it does get tipped, it's going to be tipped probably low, mm -hmm. and because it was tipped up, it's going to go over the net. Mm -hmm. If it's tipped down, that's our responsibility. And the third part of that is if that puck's going over the net, it's a high stick. Mm -hmm. And yes, I understand that reps and there are there is not video review at the U14 single A level. I know. But refs usually should catch that for the most part, hopefully. Well, but I would rather they should. I would rather it be high sticked down into your chest than be high sticked between your legs. Because for me, when that happens, I I say that is your responsibility as a goalie to make that safe. Not it that one for me is like it's not a good tip. Like that's a misread. Yeah, I'm like again. I have a lot of thoughts on the stay up making saves mentality. I don't disagree that I know why people say it. I get the intent behind it, right? Yeah, you've heard me talk about this before, so let's not go down this rabbit hole. But we teach this standing up into saves mentality, uh, for and trying to like fight between high and, and saying I'm going down to younger goalies because they're smaller and the net's big, right? And then they get big enough and then do they still do that really? On on any, we do not treat older goalies staying up and going down the same way on the same shot as we do younger goalies because no. the net's different in size. And so that's a net size issue. And again, like people are going to hate me by now when I keep talking about net size and properly according to the people playing it, right? But like, I, again, staying up on shots is great when it's a shot from 55 feet away there's no one in front if you want to stay up for that and it's like a slow enough shot that you feel comfortable making staying it go for it like please yeah. do your thing right but those just those type of shots go away like the higher and higher level you play how many yeah. private yeah. how many professional saves did you make standing like what percentage do you think this is so unscientific i'm sorry it's science committee like a tiny tiny fraction of your saves are really standing up glove save staying up blocker save in professionals yeah. And the thing is too, is like most of those were like shots on the blue that the guy was throwing it in. But I'm, I'm like, I'm all for standing up on high shots. Like I'm not against that. If you are just dialed and you track that all the way in and yeah. your lead is to stand up, 100% stand up. But the reality is we know that the speed of the puck, the, the play surrounding us, the amount of net coverage we have, like we're not always going to be dialed in on that read. Um, so again, like when people are like, oh, why didn't he just stand up on that Ovechkin one-timer? <laughs> it's just like, Oh, that's not how that works. Yeah, because uh, it's hard. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm all for it. But in a tip situation, even when that puck is fluttered in, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's identifying that okay, we have a tip option for it. It's a tip. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. I need to go down and seal the bottom of the ice, and I can allow my hands to make that save. And if it gets tipped down under my arm, like that's still a tip, and we mm -hmm. give ourselves a chance. There's no guarantee that if you stood up and that was tipped down, it's still probably going to go outside your pad as well. So that one, the ones to the leg. No, 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 no. No boy, no for me. Yeah, it's no for me as well. Okay, that's a good stopping point. Let's, uh, we'll take a break here. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about communication between goalies and D and D and goalies. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Okay. Um, let's go right into it. Communication, Jamie. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think, I think it's, I think it's, it's as well as one that seems obvious. Um, not enough goalies do it well at a young level. At the older level, if you're playing like junior eight, probably you're, you're probably doing okay. Maybe not. Uh, I've heard some, I have seen some goalies that are poor at it, but especially with younger goalies, minor hockey goalies, um, it's really, it's something that can, it kind of make a break. A game and this was a topic I wanted to talk about for a couple of weeks because I went to watch the game and I remember Bouge told me once he's like if I can't hear you from the stands your D can't hear you and that's the rule that I use for for like all my goalies I'm like I want to be able to hear you like in practice if I can't hear you yell your D can't hear you they're gonna they're not gonna be able to make to make that adjustment because you can see what's going on up ice as that D skating back with their back to the play so you need to yell and if you're not a loud kid, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be loud at any other time except when you're yelling to your D. Um, so we have that advantage where we can be in control. We can dictate that play or at least give our defensemen and forwards some guideline about what's going on to make smarter plays. And that means you have to be loud. You have to be loud. Your parents, the fans, everyone should hear you. The second part on that is you have to go talk to your coaches and ask them what your your set plays are, especially when it comes to playing the puck. I every time I'm like, I did a drill, a drill drill with high school team, and it is this February. I did a drill with my high school teams, and we do the drill, and I dump it in, and I go over. And they looked at me, and I was like, "What do you, what are you doing?" They're like, "What do you mean over?" And or I think, no, so I said up. So up, I said up. They're like, what do you mean up? I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean up? What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's like, well, we usually we just leave it. I'm like, okay, well, what, do you know your, your set calls? And they go, no. I'm like, why not? They're like, well, no one's ever told us. It's like, you, it's your responsibility as the goalies to go to your coach, if you have a D coach or D coach, to ask your defenseman, like, what are my calls? Like, is it up? Is it over? Is it forehand is it backhand is it leave it is it set you can't just expect your coaches expect your d to tell you what it is it's your responsibility you also need to know like do your d like to fan out okay if your d are fanning out to the corner you're probably you're gonna have to start making plays if you're not confident in that you're gonna have to start making that place and they're gonna have to communicate with them they're gonna yell at you you have to be able to make that call so it's it's that is part of communication is understanding systems and understanding the calls but being confident and loud for me are like the biggest ones. Yeah, I think so. This is something I've seen it. We, I mean, we probably see the same kind of levels between all the hockey we go watch. So I'll say junior level and down to that's mainly what I spend my time watching. But even even at the university level, it's not always or college level, it's not always super great. I think 
for younger goalies, this is going to be a weird one, but one of the biggest limitations for a younger goalie is their mouth guard and being able to like audibly communicate. And I know that's again, um, mouth guards are not the topic we're talking about, but if you're in a league that requires you to wear one and you're a goalie and you have to wear one, ensure that you have one that allows you to at least like audibly communicate things well. Right. And the, the nice thing is you don't really, as a goalie to a defender, you don't really need many words to say. You need to basically say man on or some version of that. You need yeah. to be able to say quick up. You need to be able to say time. Those are kind of the common calls that are, are that are used by people. Uh, and if you don't know where to start with what calls you should be communicating to your D, those three are great. Right. Yeah. Pick up. Wheeler is a good one too. It just means get going up the around, continue the process. And they're like, it might be a combination of man on and wheel, right? Man on wheel, man on wheel, man on wheel, right? Heads up, time, move man it, on, stream, on. far side. Yeah, these like these really simple phrases mm-hmm. that you need to be able to communicate because you you need to be able to say a really quick word or couple words that immediately has meaning to a player without anything else, right? And so. I always recommend for younger girls at a start, you start with things like time, man on, click up. Yeah. Like those are pretty straight. Those are pretty straightforward. Most situations in younger hockey is, it can be kind of covered by that. Conversely, like you said, it is 100% the responsibility of the goaltender to ensure the D are communicating with them. And what I mean by that is anytime a goalie says, River D don't talk to me, I say, you need to go tell them to. You need to be yeah. the you need to be the leader in communication for your defensive zone, right? Like, Jamie, uh, put another marker on the whiteboard. I'm going to reference soccer again. So, oh my. So episode seventy. Everybody, everybody that's taking a shot, take a shot. <laughs> no, uh, the, the bingo card, the shot battle card. Ben says soccer. Ben says soccer. Amy gets mad. <laughs> um, I didn't play soccer. Like I played baseball growing up. I just. Soccer has a lot of valuable research. Goalies in soccer uh, position their players, right? They help set up their defensive structure, whether it's on set plays, whether it's on uh, dynamic plays. Goalies, one of their main jobs is communicating to their team. There's a lot we can learn from goalies in soccer uh, from their training patterns, Jamie, but all the way to the communication of things in their games and their practices and their training, right? You need to be the biggest, best communicator on your team as a goaltender, right? And that's not like the be the best skater you can be thing that we all learned as little kids mm-hmm. and goalies. This is the fact that you have a unique position. You're the only player on the ice that's facing up ice the whole game as a goalie. You see the whole game in front of you, yeah. right? So you need to be that loud leader that helps communicate and orchestrate that. And if you're not doing that, then you can't expect your D to reciprocate. Right? Because they're not hearing anything either, right? So if they're not hearing anything, they're not being reminded to communicate. And so, again, I've said this a lot the past couple of weeks that a goalie is a component, like a mainstay of the defensive zone system. Your goalie is not just a goalie who, you know, your defensive zone structure is not five players or four players on a penalty kill. It's the goalie's a part of that. And communication is what continues that, that relationship between teams and their goalies. Another part too that, with that in the communication especially when if you have identified something that the other team's doing on a face-off like you can see set face-off plays if you can see a dangerous one-timer and that guy and the guy or girl the, the centerman taking the draw is either taking it directly the one-timer or they're taking it back with that pass across you can like yell be like there's a one-timer option or like 
check the high guy. All the all these different things are are calls that you can use to help keep your defensemen, your center on their toes, understanding the play and what's going on. And then I think the final part of this is you help keep your teammates safe. If they're going behind the net and they're looking at the puck and they don't know someone's going to come and just blow them up, if you say just saying heads up, heads up, or man on, man on, it gives them a sense, okay, something's coming. I need to protect myself and then make a safe play. And that's really important because if because if you and in my mind, if you miss those calls or you're a goalie that doesn't communicate and your defensemen are getting rocked in the corner, like you have a part that part of that is onus is on you. Like you need to to again take that ownership, see that play, be able to read it. And this is why, you know, we harp so much on just like when you like watching a lot of hockey and watching it to see everything, to understand the play so that you know, okay, there's a center driving around the net, or there's a four sorry, F1's driving around the net or F two's driving around the net. Like he's probably going to take that body. And so you can pick that up and yell, you got two guys, you know, man on or rim it reverse and they could allow to make safe plays for your defenseman safe in terms of the, the play and it's not causing danger in terms of a shot threat and it's safe as in keeping your teammates safe healthy and not injured and so that's i think that for me that's like the final final stake and why communication is so important yeah i think that's a really a really important part right you want to make your team feel safe you want to make your players feel like they're not getting surprised right because they have a lot going on uh yeah a lot of decisions they need to make I think they don't want to get hurt. No, no, definitely not. And we don't want them to either. I think one other thing I will say too, is if you are a goalie and you kind of don't know where to start with communication with your team, again, you can be any age here, right? Like sometimes there's just barriers to communication for whatever reason. I think keeping it really, really simple, right? So if you're a goalie and you're like, hey, I'm playing the puck behind the net on those hard dump-ins, I want to get them. I need everyone, I need my D or my forwards to understand that I need simple things. Is it leave it? Is it rim? Is it pick up? Right? I don't or reverse, right? Like those are kind of any of those things, you're pretty much you're pretty much good to go. Right. But like that needs to be like you need to have those terms that you've established with your team. And they need yeah. to be repeatable and you need to understand them. Right. So I recommend probably those four. Leave it, rim, reverse. Yeah. Three? Am I missing anything there? Pick up, I guess. Make it a pick up. Player. Over, over, up, set. I mean, they're all, some of them have the same, same meaning. They're just different yeah. ways of saying it. And I never had anyone say set to me. No. Oh, I had set. Set, 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 set. Leave it, leave it. Yeah. Yeah. See, too many of a lot of guys are a leave it. Or a lot of, yeah, I think like a lot of guys are, are a leave it, but I've also heard set, like, both. set makes sense too. It's simple, right? It's, it's short. It's quick. Like you said, there's a, uh, Nothing worse than trying to have a whole big sentence being yelled at you. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And I think that we talked about puck handling before and how puck handling can be scary for goalies sometimes, especially younger goalies, but it can be scary for all goaltenders. Like, no one wants to make a bad play resulting in a goal. It feels terrible. Happens, mm-hmm. though. Happens. But it does happen. Um, but again, having good communication will enable you to feel more confident, right? Knowing that you're not going in there without some support is really valuable. Like, for example, I know that girls, I know some girls are apprehensive to go play the puck because they're like, I go back there and I don't know what's coming. Right. And if someone tells you that, that means one, you're not scanning the ice well enough yeah. on those dump in plays. So that one, that's on you a little bit. You should know kind of how much time you have, at least a, an idea of it. Um, 
But second of all, that means you need to have a conversation with your team. And again, we said D a lot, but this should be a full, full team communication standard, right? Like we are big advocates, shockingly, at the Goalie Science Podcast for goalies being a fully inclusive member of the hockey team, um, yeah. right? Which means open communication channels with your forwards as well. I agree. Ben, any other like final things you want to talk about? Any hot takes? No, I already gave my hot takes today, and they're not even hot. I don't have hot takes. Um, I didn't have any hot. T- I didn't really have any hot takes here. Nothing really. Uh, nothing really fired me up t- this week. Actually, I have one hot take. Actually, oh, okay, there we go. I knew it. I knew it. It's one hot take, and it's not even. It's it's not even a hot take. More so, just a, a commentary. It's a good piece of advice, I think, for goalies. Uh, it's a good piece of advice for coaches too. So I think this is actually just a hockey piece of advice. But let's start from the goalie perspective. Jamie, in your life, have you ever got scored on like a rebound off a breakaway? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, happens, right? And anyways, let's just use that as the frame of reference. If you're a goalie who gets scored on a rebound on a breakaway, do not yell at your team. Oh, yeah, no. We've been here before, but... I want to reframe it, all right? And this is going to be the first example. Scoring chances are, are going to happen at both ends of the ice. It's hockey. Like, that's the, the game. Your team is going to have defensive breakdowns, and you're going to give up scoring chances. If the team gives up 35 scoring chances in a game, that can just that can still happen. You just Your job is to deal with it, right? And I think attitudes can be better overall than, you know, like, why? what are you guys doing? Why is it, Right. Yeah, it's going to happen because think about it the other way. Think about it when you're the goalie and your team is doing that to the other team, yeah. and you're like, "We're dominating right now." That's perspective. Yeah, right. The reason I want to bring this up is I want to tie this into coach and player evaluations on goalies as well. If you score, if you another team scores a goal on your goalie, and you're mad at your goalie for that goal, think about how would you would feel if your team scored that goal. If you're mad that a goalie gives up a far down one, a far down two on one, you're a shot. And you're like, oh, a goalie needs to have that, and then you go down and score that goal, and you're talking about what a play that was. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perspective. So that's yeah. my hot take. I'm I'm getting a little bit too much of the, and we talked about this before. Get a little too much of like, what's our team doing? But sometimes teams' defensive structures are bad. I agree. Really? Lots of teams have bad defensive structures. A lot of them do. If you're a goalie on a team with a bad defensive structure. You've played against teams that have bad defense structures too. Yes. I don't, yeah, I think that's a good take. I don't know how necessarily hot that is, but I think it's a good take. Yeah, I don't, uh, don't think I have any, any takes that, uh, that, ma- that can, that can be better than that. Yeah. It's just been, it's been more so the coaching one, right? Like I had a goalie give up a, a one timer off a power play and they made a good read. They just got beat on the shot. You know what happens, right? Like you make the right read, your eyes are good, your hands are good, and you, Puck goes in, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, got to have that. And then we scored that same goal. And they were like, what a play. <laughs> well, when we talk about rebounds, we'll save this for another episode, but it's just yeah. something to chew on. And I'll probably I, it, I have it queued up on my to-do list in terms of content for, for Patreon goalies. Oh, take another shot. We said Patreon. Uh, <laughs> for Patreon goalies. And, and eventually, eventually the Instagram and YouTube and stuff. But just how much... We talk about rebound control being like a symptom of tracking and uh, positioning, but just how much the, I guess like the the, I don't want to say positioning, but how much the way 
the body mechanics of someone's stance and the execution of how they're moving into the save, how much that influences controlling rebounds. And I have a goalie who likes to sit upright. Yeah. There and his rebounds are very bad. And so you've been working on it. And I, I went and watched him play yesterday. And the, the first few shots, he was upright, bad rebounds. All of a sudden, he, I guess he, re, he just remembered all the things he was working on. He started to finally get his chest over his hips. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, his rebounds started going out of danger. And, it's just, and I've been using these as clips I'm, as teaching points. I'm like, there is a big difference. So, well, we'll, we'll de- maybe next time we talk, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about rebound controls and we get a little bit about biomechanics and stuff like that and physics. But leaning back is a problem for rebound. Leaning back is a problem. Uh, yeah, it's not just generally, it's just not very athletic. And that's sure not good. No. So, as always, everyone, um, if you are not. A subscriber to the Jamie Bellows Patreon page. Why not? I don't. I don't. I mean, the the number one answer is probably just like cost. So if you're not a subscriber to the Jamie Bellows Patreon page, um, I'm not one. So you can be in the Ben Cernick non-subscribe club. But if you're someone who's looking for more content and you're someone who's looking to enjoy um, some really great work that Jamie does and who puts a lot of time into it, I say this as one a very biased person, but two, someone who doesn't subscribe, you should. If you're looking for yeah. more content and you want consistent stuff, Jamie's Patreon page is the place to get it. If you want some of the free stuff, you can subscribe to free still, right? Yeah, I don't think you... You're not, you don't get anything. You just, if you, you want free stuff, go to YouTube. Yeah, go to Jamie's YouTube, check out the Instagram page, places that you are probably already checking out. Uh, as always, links are in the show notes. But Patreon is $10, $10 a month. It's the cost wow. of a skate sharpening. Actually, my skates, if I want to skate sharpened at three eighths, we did the skate sharpened. So I got my skates sharpened at three eighths. They squeak now when I stop. Uh, people laugh, but I feel great up there. And 50. So it's less, yeah, less than, less than skate your skates being sharpened. Yeah. You can get years and years of goalie breakdowns, content, lessons, drills, so many things. For less than it costs to sharpen my skates. Less than a cost to sharpen Ben's skates at a hilariously sharp degree, which he doesn't need it as a coach. But it feels so good, though. I feel like you should see my crossovers. I'm making. I got I, I to get my skate sharpened today, actually. Like, I, I've been trying to demonstrate some edges, and I just, I just can't get them. There's nothing worse than going to demonstrate an edge and your skate slips out, and then you bring back of all the times you told goalies, you got to be taller on your blade. <laughs> well, for me, it's just like, oh, there goes my grind. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you as always for listening. We appreciate everyone who tunes in uh, and sends us messages and reaches out to us. We appreciate all of you. And we hope you have a great week. Until next time.